are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Well, how fun is this? How fun is this? Being all together at last. What a great kind of happy, strange time all at once, isn't it? Kind of so great being together and seeing people and just trying to... I think I know that person. Oh, yeah, so it is. The kind of masks on. The, great, isn't it? I feel like just a kind of big sigh of relief. Don't you? Just kind of being together is so great. So um, a couple of confessions first then. Confessions about, about Guildford. So, because uh, I've been coming to Guildford for a, for a long time, coming to the church here. But even before then, it's funny, isn't it? I'm driving, driving through and I think, oh yeah. And I suddenly had a memory of Cinderella's nightclub in Guildford. <laughs> Does anybody remember Cinderella's nightclub? Is anybody as old as me? Oh gosh, there's quite a few. So, uh, so I'll tell you something funny about Cinderella's nightclub. So, on Saturday night, they would have a dancing competition at Cinderella's nightclub. And I used to come. <laughs> I used to come. This was before I was a Christian. I used to come with my dance partner, who was my sister. <laughs> and, uh, and, one, and, one, and on Saturday nights, they would give away, they would give away prizes for the best couple. And, uh, and on this particular Saturday night, they were giving away a television, which is such a great prize. And, uh, and me and my sister won it. We won the television. And then uh, I said to Susan, my sister, I said, well, well let's, go, um, let's go next Saturday. And there was another prize the following Saturday. And, uh, and we won that again. And we won it again. <laughs> and then I said to her on the next Saturday, I said, well, let's go again. Let's go. So we came a third time and they said, no, you're not coming in. <laughs> you better give someone else. This is honestly what they said. You must give someone else a chance, they said. So... So anyway, I was happy with the two visits to Cinderella's. And coming back to RGS as well, coming back to this school, because also what I used to do when I, when I lived in Woking, because I used to be on staff at what was then called the Coin Church in Woking, now called Welcome Church Woking. So I used to come here to RGS and help with the CU. And so, uh, so it's really great to come back here. And I haven't been here, back to the school, since, since then. So it's lovely to come back and think, oh, yeah, I remember now. I used to come here on, on Thursday lunchtimes and, and we'd, in one of the classrooms, uh, meet with the boys then, as it was, and, and help them with their, with their CU. And, uh, and one of the lads who was in the CU, was in my CU group here at RGS, is now leading a church in, in Birmingham. His name is Johnny Meller, for those of you who... Um, who remember him and who know him. So, so yeah, so it's great to be back in Guildford and great to be back here at RGS. So for those of you who don't know and for those of you who are, who are watching at home, what, what we're going to do this morning is, is we're, going to, we're going to pray for, pray for Stuart as, as our new elder here at Hope Church. And so just to kind of set that in context a little bit, what, why are we doing that? What, what, does, that, what does that mean? So, if you've got a Bible, I'd like you to turn with me in, in your Bible to, to 1 Peter, which is, in the, which is in the New Testament, or if you've got it on your phone, um, it's not an easy book to find. So, if you find Hebrews, and then after Hebrews, there's a book called James, 
And then, and then after that is, is what's called 1 Peter. The reason it's called 1 Peter is that there's a 2 Peter as well. So 1 Peter is, is, is like his first letter. So if you look right at the beginning where it says 1 Peter and then where it says number 1, that means chapter 1. So 1 Peter, chapter 1, it says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then it says to God's elect, strangers in the world. So this is, this is Peter writing a letter to encourage churches. He's writing a letter to encourage churches then who are scattered all over the place. As you can see, Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. So that's like what we would call Turkey and, and Greece. So the church is scattered. Christians are scattered all over the place. And he's writing to encourage them and to give them some instructions about how to do church and how to do church life and also how to, how to live as, as believers. And so if you, if you go on to, to the very last chapter of 1 Peter, so it says 1 Peter 5 it is. So I'm, I'm going to read that, some of this passage and then, and then just draw out one or two things before we pray for Stuart and the family. So 1 Peter 5 says this, To the elders among you, I appeal as God's fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the, the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you be self-controlled and alert your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that you're brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever amen I don't know about you but um it's a kind of anxious time, isn't it? Do you, do you find that? There's kind of all sorts of things to be anxious about at the moment. So, so when we read that verse, you see that verse that's kind of slotted in there? That anxiety, did you notice that? You know, don't, don't be anxious. Cast your anxieties to the Lord, for he, he cares for you. Because there's lots and lots of opportunities to be anxious, aren't there? You can be anxious about this COVID thing. You can be anxious about winter coming, you can be anxious about your children, are they going to be safe at school, 
Are they going to be sent home? If you're, if you're a teacher, you can be anxious about going to school, just get, getting in the car, driving to school. If you're a school teacher or a place of work, can be can be anxious. What's today going to hold? What's my class going to be like? Am I going to send anybody home? Oh, there's a cough in the classroom. Have they got it? There's all sorts of opportunities to be anxious. You can be anxious for your mum who lives on her own, can't you? You can be anxious about your money. You can be anxious about your job. You can be anxious, well, I still have a job at the end of furlough, at the end of October. What's winter going to be like? I can be anxious about Beverly, my wife, because um, she's not able to be with me because um, a respiratory virus is the worst possible thing for her because of her experience and history of, of pneumonia. It's the kind of worst thing, so I have to kind of be careful for her. You know, she's at risk, so, I'm, so I can be anxious about that. I think even driving over here, I'm thinking, I get in the car, I'm thinking, oh, this is cold. Oh, no, winter's coming. Oh, no, winter. Beverly normally gets sick. Oh, no, is she going to be all right? And I find anxiety kind of creeping in to my thoughts. We can be anxious about the government. Oh, crumbs, you know, is there going to be a lockdown? We're in, we're in medium at the moment, aren't we, in this part of the world? Are we going to go to high? What does that mean? How will that affect me? There's all sorts of things to be anxious about at the moment, aren't there? You can be worried about all kinds of things. I, I start to, I start to, then I start to worry about completely irrational things. You know, like, are the tyres on my car all right to get to Guildford? Yeah. Oh, have, have I brought my duck with me? Have I got duck? Oh, well, I really wanted a sheep because I wanted to do an illustration about sheep. Oh, I couldn't find a sheep. Oh, I'll have to take a duck. Oh, no. You know, I can get anxious about all sorts of silly and irrational things. I've only got a duck. Because, of course, we're living in this kind of atmosphere, aren't we, of fear and anxiety. Have you noticed? You, can, you see it, don't you, in the, um, like when you go in the supermarket, you can really see the anxiety and the fear, can't you? <laughs> so I'm in, my, I'm in my local supermarket yesterday, and you go down the aisle, don't you, and you're just kind of, you're just kind of minding your old business, kind of just kind of looking, you know, looking for something. I'm looking, I'm looking for my double, double cream. Where's the double cream? Can't quite see. And for me, it's worse, because I've got my mask on, and I've got my glasses on, and then my glasses are steaming up. Okay, so I'm looking for double cream in the fog. Okay, <laughs> in the fog, I'm looking for double cream. And, um, and I'm aware that the people opposite me coming the other way, they kind of see me and they're kind of moving away, you know. <laughs> because there's this anxiety. And one lady, she sees me coming and literally turns around and goes the other way and down the other aisle, you know, just to be away from me. There's this kind of anxiety, <laughs> this kind of fear all around us, isn't there? And yet, and yet here we have this amazing instruction about eldership and about elders and what elders do and what elders look like, but also an encouragement about anxiety, to, to cast your anxiety to the Lord. When I'm feeling a bit nervous or anxious, I hold my duck and um, I stroke his little wings like this, you see. But, but the biblical injunction is to cast your anxiety to the Lord because he cares for you. Cast it. Throw it. Careful. Oh, I thought you might drop my duck. Okay. You can throw it back to me now. Okay. Ooh. Cast it. Throw it. Throw it. Get rid of it. Release it. Oh, my duck's falling on the floor. <laughs> That's what, so literally, to cast it, those of you who 
Those of you who fish, have you got any fishermen in the room? Any fishermen? Any people who like going fishing? No one is going to admit to being a fisherman. <laughs> so if you, if you go fishing, one of the things you see fishermen do is, is, they, um, is they cast. So here's my, here's my rod, and, uh, and they, will, they will have their reel like this, and you might see them with their reel, and they, they loosen it so they can literally cast. So they're kind of throwing their hook, and then it goes... And then they just kind of wait. They've kind of thrown it. They've sent it. They've got rid of it. And that's what God is asking us to do about our anxiety at this time. So what, whatever you're feeling anxious about this morning, even, even coming this morning, even coming to church this morning, might for some of you have been an anxious time, an anxious moment. Am I, am I going to be okay? Are, are the children going to be okay? Will I, will I be safe? We can... We can find these anxieties rising up within us, can't we? And then, we, and then you watch the news, don't you? And you, you see 45,000 people dead and 15,000 cases. And you can think, oh, am I going to be one of those? Am, am I, am I going to be one of the cases? Am I going to be or one of my family members? Are they, they going to be on that list? No, these, these anxieties can creep up within us, can't we? But, but the Word of God says, cast your anxiety to the Lord. Throw it to God. Chuck it to him. Give it to him. He's big enough to hold it for you. He's big enough to carry it for you. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. He, he, he cares. He cares for you. One more, one more passage. And we will do elders as well, but I thought this is really important. And it is in the Bible. So one more passage. Matthew chapter 6. Okay, see if you can find that for me. Matthew chapter 6. The reason it's called Matthew is because there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Gospels, the word Gospel means good news, and Matthew's Gospel is one of those Gospels. So we're going to read Matthew, a bit of Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus talking, and he says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? It's Jesus talking. It's Jesus helping us in these days of high anxiety and high worry. Jesus is saying, don't worry. I care for you. I'm looking after you. I'm I'm watching out for you. So, friends, be... Be encouraged this morning, whatever your, whatever your level of anxiety. I don't know about you, I, found, I find during the course of the day, my anxiety levels can, can do all sorts of things. It kind of looks like a, a kind of mountain range, my anxiety level, depending on what I see or what I hear or what I've heard on the news. It just kind of quickly kind of oscillates like this. No, I've got to remember, cast my anxiety to the Lord, throw it to the Lord. Why? Because he cares for me. I have to remember Jesus' words, do not worry 
I say to you, don't worry. Don't worry. One more. One more. And then we will do eldership. One more. Because I think this is really important. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Again, a bit difficult to find in your Bible. I, I, I find it, I think about the Ians altogether. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. The reason it's called Philippians is because there's a, there was a place called Philippi. And Paul is writing to that church in Philippi. And in chapter 4, it says this. So this is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Here we go. This is a really, really helpful instruction to us, particularly at this time. Philippians 4, chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad of that verse, aren't you? I'm so glad of that verse. Don't be worried. Thank God. Pray and let the peace of Christ come in. In other words, the peace of Christ is waiting to come in. The peace of Christ is ready to come surging into your life. Just let it hit you. Let it hit you. Don't, don't let anxiety hit you. Don't let worry hit you. Let the peace of Christ hit you. He's ready and waiting to flood you with his peace. Isn't that a better thing to carry around today? Than anxiety and fear. Let the peace of Christ hit you. So it's really interesting to me that, that that little bit about anxiety is there in this thing about elders and about eldership. So the reason that we're doing this is because the New Testament tells us to do this, to appoint elders in every town. So who, who are the elders? In case you didn't know, or in case you're watching at home, I'm just going to remind you who, who the elders are. Okay, so you can see who they are. You can see who they are at the moment. The reason I put this up is because it's a team. Elders are a team. So, so Chris doesn't lead the church on his own. He has a fantastic wife called Catherine who helps him. And he's also got Phil, one of the other elders who you'll see as well, who assists him. But they want to enlarge the eldership team and make, make the eldership team bigger. As well, because when we read about churches in the New Testament, they had more than one elders. There was a plurality of eldership, sometimes we call it. We talk about team eldership. So this is who we've got at the moment. So we have Chris and Catherine, and we have Phil and Tina. For those of you who don't know, um, where are Phil and Tina, actually? Oh, right over there. So Phil and Tina at the back there. So for those of you who don't know, one of the amazing things about Phil and Tina is that they've been here since the Stone Age. Since, since this school was built 500 years ago, Phil has been in this church. He, I, he came as a student. I think, Tina, didn't you bring him? Didn't you bring <laughs> Tina brought Phil when they were students to, to this church, this small, this small church as it was then. And, and it's, he's done so well. And so has Tina. They've just been so fantastic in the way that they have served 
this church. And part of the reason, to be honest with you, part of the reason that this church is so fantastic is because of Phil and Tina. That's part of the reason. And Chris and Catherine have come to lead the church, which we're very grateful to God about. So, so if those are the elders, so, so what, do, what do elders do? Because sometimes people say to me, so, so what do they do? What do elders do? Do they kind of look old? Do they have to grab a beard and grey hair in order to be elders? What do they do? Well, this is what elders do. Elders do this. This is what they do. Elders are shepherds. We've just read that, haven't we? Elders do lots of things, but mostly we've just read shepherd the flock. That's what they do. They, they look after us as the sheep. They watch over us. Let me give you a clue. Chris and Catherine think about you all the time. That's what shepherds do. <laughs> shepherds think about sheep all the time. They think about the sheep. They wonder how the sheep are doing. If there's a sheep that is sick, they worry for the sheep. If a sheep's wandering off, they worry about the sheep. If there's a sheep that's got caught in the brambles, they want to go and help the sheep. Shepherds think about sheep all the time. <laughs> and that's what elders do. That's what they do. They think about you all the time. They think about where we should go. They think about following Jesus as the chief shepherd. They think about the health of the sheep. That, that's what an elder is. So as we come to pray for Stuart, one of the great things about Stuart, as you know this already, is that he does this anyway. He's really, really good at looking out for sheep. That's what he does. He doesn't even have to try. It's just in him. He thinks about sheep all the time. He wonders how sheep are doing. And when sheep are bleating, he hears it and wants to help. That's what he does. He's a shepherd. <laughs> and the thing is, because you've got masks on, I think you can't hear me. <laughs> And so, and so you know already that we're not, we're not going to pray for Stuart. Oh, I'm really surprised at that. Oh, Stuart. Oh, God. What, Stuart? No, you're not surprised, are you? You're not surprised. Because this is what he does. He's, he's a shepherd. He's a natural shepherd. God-given gifts of looking after sheep. And both of them, actually, Gene, too, think about sheep all the time. And I know that, I know that this... This is a fantastic, fantastic addition to the team because, because what you get with, with Stuart and Jean is you get a really, really experienced couple who love sheep, who care for sheep, and together with Chris and Catherine and Phil and Tina will ensure the health of this church and also the direction of this church because that's what shepherds do. They point the direction as well. Now, you might have noticed there's a bit of a crook here as well. And part of the reason that there is a crook is that sometimes sheep just need a bit of help or sheep just need a little bit of encouragement. So sometimes there might be a tap on the back of the leg or a little tap on the side just to kind of help. Sometimes if it gets bad, it might be a bit more serious than that. But hopefully that's not going to happen because also shepherds, because they love and care, sometimes as well as pointing direction. So in terms of what do they do, 
they are shepherds, but also the way I kind of crystallize it is I kind of use these Ds in my thinking about what do elders do, because it is mostly about being a shepherd, but it is also about bringing direction, so it's direction and doctrine and discipling or, or discipline. So when I think about what they do, this is also what, what we're inviting Stuart to be part of. Helping in terms of the direction of the church, the doctrine of the church, what we believe, and discipling or dis- disciplining. In other words, helping us to be followers of Jesus. So what are the qualifications, last year, what are the qualifications of being an elder? Well, to be honest, when we look through the qualification of being an elder in 1 Timothy and in Titus, which I'll let you do on your own, what I find really interesting is this. The main qualification for being an elder is being a good dad and being a good husband. That, that's the main qualification for being an elder. You can be super gifted, you can be a great communicator, a great preacher, but but God's interested in what you're like at home. And you will know that one of the great things about Chris is he is a great dad. He is a loving husband. Catherine and the girls come first. And so they should. There is first sheep. And you'll know this from Phil as well. Phil is a devoted, super devoted dad. If you want to know what an elder looks like, watch Phil and the way he is at home, the way he is with his family. And the same with Stuart. We can say with confidence that Stuart's main qualification is sitting around him. That, that's his main qualification. He's a, he's a fantastic husband and he's a great dad. That, that's why we're going to pray for him in just a moment. So, lastly then, one of, the, one of the other things that I want you to help me to encourage this eldership team to do, because you can ask them to do this. One of the other things that elders do is to pray, and to pray for the sheep, and to pray for the well-being of the sheep, and to pray for sheep who are sick, to anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, it says in James. And so when, you're, when you as a sheep are sick, you can ask one of the shepherds to pray for you. You can ask them to anoint you with oil. It's a sign of blessing, a sign of healing. So let me encourage you to be one of those who isn't afraid to call on the elders to pray for you. Because there's nothing magical about their prayers, but they do carry an authority in God. Because in just a moment, we're going to pray for Stuart, and we're going to lay our hands upon him. The reason we're going to lay our hands upon him is because the Bible says that, to lay hands on. And that's a sign. It's a sign of blessing. It's a sign of God coming on him. A sign of God coming on Gene. A sign of God coming on the family. Because we're going to pray for the whole family. Because this isn't just about Stuart. It's about Gene. It's about the whole family. Because you and I know that, that, that Stuart wouldn't be the fantastic guy he is without a fantastic wife. And, and you and I also know that, that, that Chris could not do what he does without his fantastic wife. They're in it together. Jean is in it together with Stuart. So we're going to pray for them as a family in just a moment. So you can help me with that. Don't be afraid to call them 
I'm sick, please will you pray for me? And I know that God will move on your faith and move on their faith and you will see extraordinary things happen in this church when you obey the word of God and move in that place of faith. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10 a.m. Head to hopechurchguildford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.